Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Silk, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Center ice of the Dollar Loan Center, exit five, and you're right here off the freeway and the Henderson Silver Knights getting set for the Tucson Roadrunners for the season opener, the home opener for the third year of the Henderson Silver Knights, the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace. This is a lot of fun. Thanks to Jake Bischoff, Brennan Brisson, Gage Quinney, Manny Vivros, the head coach, my buddy there. He is so cool. And Brian McCormick, who is uh, he's right there as uh, one of the coolest broadcasters going. Uh, this has been really cool. You're coming to the game tonight. You're staying for the game tonight. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you are going to witness a facility because you've never been here for a hockey game that is beyond what you've experienced before, unless unless you've sat along the glass at a VGK game, which I don't think you have because you've always been working. Yeah, I, I have not. Um, it it's pretty wild. Like I I know where my seats are, and I've I've had uh, a, some moments earlier on before the show to really take in what that vantage point's going to be. It's beyond ridiculous like I, I cannot wait to see the game tonight and experience this building in a hockey setting it, it's really honestly it's the second time i've been in this building the first time was over the summer for a basketball tournament so oh uh, really when you when you start to kind of factor in that that this is the, the, when you come into this building you realize how close you are to the ice like when brian's talking about i can reach out and touch the ice he's he's not being hyperbolic it, you're that close you're that on top of it I'm super, super stoked to watch this game tonight. Going at it against the Tucson Roadrunners, the American Hockey League affiliate of the Arizona Coyotes. They will play tonight and then tomorrow afternoon here at the Dollar Loan Center. Come out and check it out. Uh, you're right. Uh, basketball was on the floor that first time that you were here. Uh, we've watched indoor football league uh, here uh, with the Nighthawks and uh, the G League is here. So a bunch going on at this fabulous facility. It's just over 6,000 people. Over at T-Mobile Arena, it was a big one last night, although the fireworks didn't quite turn out to be as uh, as explosive as we anticipated between two teams, one uh, challenging for a division title, and the other one is going to be near the bottom of the standings last night. The goaltenders put on a show between Vegas and Chicago. Yeah, they really did. Logan Thompson was fantastic for the Vegas Golden Knights, and Alex Daylock was really good for the Chicago Blackhawks. I, I, I don't know if it's just because I haven't seen a ton of Alex Daylock, but he plays the puck aggressively and more than any goalie I've seen in a long time. It was really, frankly, fun to watch last night to, uh, and risky at times, but, but fun. Um, like when you say playing the puck, like playing the puck outside his crease yeah, or when play, he's yeah. defending when he's trying to stop the puck? Because no, he's no. super aggressive when he's just standing there stopping well, the puck. Well, he's aggressive stopping the puck. Obviously, the, the Riley Smith partial break chance where he comes out uh, just to blow the, the circles to make the save, cut the angle down. Um, but, no, just playing the puck, too. He was a very, very aggressive 
an engaged goalie, and, and that, that was fun to kind of keep tabs on. Um, but, you know, you look at that game, Logan Thompson, athletic, yes, but also in control. I, I loved every part of his game last night, the way that he's able to kind of feel the game and read where he needs to be and how he needs to react and changing those instincts just as, as, as he needs to, coming across with the glove, lifting it just to get a piece of that Tyler Johnson shot. I loved Logan's game last night. He was fantastic. You can't teach that. And it wasn't just a wave no. to make a move and, and a desperation. He was tracking that puck. You see his head and his eyes and everything was right for it. And he moved uh, where that puck was going top shelf. The, the two-pad stack in, in that <laughs> period where he didn't try to get up and get back into position. He realized or uh, planned out that... Uh, his best opportunity was just to shimmy over and keep the two-pad stack. That's that's a gamble, yeah. and that's a difficult one in a league where you're judged by uh, positioning and and uh, whether or not you've got the right style and, and, and whether you're following all the order. Like, it was made up, quite honestly, on the fly, <laughs> and, and, and he did it. And I love that part uh, of his game, and then the breakaway stops uh, as well. And the other part about... Uh, Logan Thompson last night was he was super busy in the first period and kept Vegas in that game. Mm -hmm. You maybe can't win it in the in the first, as Darren Elliott said last night, but you can lose it. He he didn't lose that game. In the second period, it was a much different story. And he went twelve minutes of game time mm -hmm. without a shot. Yeah. So I always double it on on real time. So that's twenty four minutes. And and that was over top of an intermission. Yeah. So you're talking 35, 40 minutes of real time without a shot, and then you get back into it in a one nothing game, and he handled all that pressure. He really did. And, and again, I think for Logan, it's you look at those two games to start the year. If you want to talk about gaining and, and building on the confidence that you have in your skill set in that you can be the guy, those two games were fantastic for yeah. him. Uh, more settled, I think, against Chicago, but really the ability to, to just be how to react in in kind to what the game was asking for him. He had to be fantastic in the first period. And then at that point, it, it changed a little bit just in terms of the quality of chances that the Golden Knights were giving up. But he was still able to locate those pucks. He was still able to find those pucks. There weren't a ton of rebounds, not a lot of second chances for Chicago. That was a goaltender that was really dialed into the game. He was great. You saw Nick Hag play his first game. You also saw Paul Cotter score his first goal of the season, third as a professional. Unbridled enthusiasm and emotion after that puck went in, and it adds up to a 2-0 start with five different goal scorers for the Vegas Golden Knights, and also a second straight night in which there was bench management by the head coach. Ice time was distributed the way that the coach felt the players who were going deserved to play a little bit more. Some lines were changed up uh, last night. Uh, Phil Kessel only played about 10 minutes, five on five last night. Uh, that was different uh, than the opener. But in that night, uh, Michael Matteo was uh, below double digits. So some changes. Uh, Matteo was out last night. Uh, Cotter stayed in. Uh, Kessel was uh, shuffled around. Uh, all part of the growing process with the Vegas Golden Knights, who are 2-0 going into Seattle tomorrow. 
This is the media conference from Bruce Cassidy earlier today, looking back and also looking ahead. I would like to play every team in our division right away, see where we're at, measuring stick games um, or evaluation games. I guess that that's one and the same probably. Um, personally, I'd, I'd like to do that. So uh, we're getting Calgary, we're getting Seattle, obviously L.A. So those are good. Get, you know, I, I know we're in the other division a little more after that, but um, I think for our purposes, yes, it's good. I haven't watched a lot of them, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll focus on them today. It's been about our team, obviously, preparing for Chicago. Uh, I see a team uh, that's generating a lot. Uh, I know last year they, they, they had a little trouble keeping it out of their net, whether that's – I wasn't there, so I don't know if the product of just goaltending or team defense or bad luck, but uh, I saw some highlights against Anaheim. They sure looked like they played well that game. Beat L.A. We know that L.A. is a good team, so – we're not taking anything for granted. We know they're going to be a hard-working, good team. Um, we'll find out a little more of their tendencies watching them today. And then um, did a little prep for them. But mostly today was review for what we needed to do better that we didn't get last night to build our game. And I think you'll see more, most of that during the start of the year, to be honest with you. Focus on ourselves. What do we need to improve on? How does it translate to our next opponent? But you know, we got we got to fix Vegas first before we get too dialed into you know, what, our, what the other team does. Of course, there's tendencies, and we'll talk about those tomorrow, and in the morning skate, we'll talk a little bit about that specifically special teams. But So that, that's how we've kind of approached it. Yeah, there's one line. I didn't like their puck management at all to start the game, so you flip it around, uh, try to know, get their attention, hold them accountable, all of the above, find different, maybe that's not their night. You'll see a lot of that, to be honest with you. Hopefully you find the right formula at some point. I always like to try to get back to it to give them the chance to play through things. But at the end of the day, it's so early in the year that, you know, it's a little bit of both. It's in the moment and for long term because we're not locked into anything really right now. Well, I think there's home opener. There's some nerves, typically. Uh, everyone wants to play well, make plays in front of the crowd, right? I get all that. Um, so that's part of it. I don't know if the puck was was bouncing a little more because maybe it was hot in there and the ice wasn't. You know, those are things I, I'm still new to. Um, if it happens again on Saturday and then Wednesday, then we know it's a problem, right? Then we've got to we, – we, we addressed it this morning, but is it going to be a – continual thing that we have to harp on every day or is, was it a one and one and done I thought in LA we were we were better we still didn't start as well as I'd like but I don't think it was necessarily turnover driven uh, yesterday was yeah I think what happens early on is most players just aren't used to the rigors of the battles, the board, the wall battles. You got to like we, we got better as the game went on because we won board battles and they didn't. Now all of a sudden we're getting some odd man rushes. We're getting action at the net, and those are the toughest things to replicate in the summer. The the the, the sort of the one on one um, play with your head up, but also win your battles along the wall where they're fifty fifty contested pucks. Um, that's what I see different early in the year. Everyone has their legs. They're flying. Everyone feels great, typically. But it's those other little... And then, and then the, 
your conditioning to sustain those battles, be in those battles. That's where the penalty kill will get taxed if you're not careful with your clears. That's usually what I see early in the year. So for us, our defensive system, um, teams may be a little sharper as the year goes on. Obviously, bang, bang plays. They might have missed a few. We might have missed a few, right? So there is a little bit of that early on, uh, no doubt. Bruce Cassidy speaking to the media this morning uh, after a 2-0 start. Looking forward Ultimate to Seattle. Ultimate accountability factor is ice time. I think that's not to cut you off, Gary, but I think I know where you're going. I think that's the one hammer you have over the hammer is not the right word, but we'll, we'll use it since I've already said it. You can't rewind, can you? Can you go backwards? No. <laughs> so um, that is the one area that you, you can really get the attention of a hockey player is ice time. Because every I've never met a player, Gary, in all my years, and I'm getting up there that said, hey, coach, you played me too much last night. Like, they just don't say, that's not something I hear. They want to be out there in all situations. So typically that's one where you can get the, the biggest attention getter, yes. <clears throat> Do you ever look at the sheet afterwards and like, oh, man, I I think you should have a good idea. I typically do. Sometimes I'll look and I'll go, wow, I must have lost that guy somewhere, special teams. And other times I'm like, wow, that guy played a lot more than I would have guessed. And then sometimes is it accurate, right? You, you hope it is, but sometimes there's human error too on the other side if it's really a blip. But no, typically you should have a pretty good idea. I knew some guy's numbers would be down last night because I purposely sat him down. So, um, or, or lessen their responsibility that they might normally have. So, um, I thought the numbers in LA, speaking of ice time, was, was really, really good for what our group should look like. We didn't tax anybody. There's always going to be the higher minute guys. That's just the way it is when they play in all situations. But I really liked the way it was divided up. Um, and uh, it showed in the, the way we played the game. I thought we were the better team. And, um, and that's the way it should be if everyone's going. You know, it should be you know, fairly consistent or even. You have everyone going like that? Is it just for shifts? I think you get, when your game, your game is good, you're not stuck in your own end. So right away, those shift lengths aren't skewed right away uh, with on the higher end and then the next line is going out is not a mad scramble to get back to your own end and they have to do the same thing so when your game's on you tend to play a little more on the other end and then you know you, you puck comes out now you will change when you're stuck in your own end and you get finally get out it's that okay I finally get out now I want to go have some fun at the other end yet you're at the end of your shift right so those decisions uh, you know aren't always great and it takes a lot of discipline to say okay to take one for the team here, and uh, the next time I get out, hopefully it's you know it's a more effective or usually the word fun, but the more productive playing with the puck as opposed to chasing it. And you know that's when you know you're on your game when you're not doing a lot of that. And I thought we were pretty good in that area last night. We weren't stuck in our end very long. Our breakouts were as good as they've been all year. D zone breakdowns I think were more out of uh, maybe some some puck management and a couple of line changes, but. Uh, all in all, I thought that part was okay. Well, you do have to, uh, at the end of the year, the teams that get in, there's some that are just really good, right? And they're getting in. And they've maybe left some points on the table throughout the year, but they're generally really good. And there's others that won the games they were supposed to. And, and got in because they beat the teams they were supposed to, performed uh, well against the, the higher upper echelon teams, and, um, and that ends up being the difference sometimes. And I think anytime you ask a team that just missed, 
You could probably evaluate last year much better than I could. Why? You know, was it some points that got away early, late in the middle? Doesn't matter. They got away, right? And if the, and they all count for two points. So I use a game like last night is important. I don't know what this team's going to look like in April. Maybe we could have afforded to just let it go. But right now, I feel like let's get the points, bank the points, uh, don't beat yourself. And I think we did a good job with that yesterday. We eventually found our game, had our breakdowns early, but. Uh, and then maybe a little bit not putting the game away with the goalie out, obviously. We, we would have liked to, to do that. But in general, um, don't let it get away from you and, and regret. How long do you make it take for the team to learn Well, oh, that's a good question, Darren. I mean, I, I would think it would take a while before. I mean, last night there's some players that now have gotten a bit of it, okay, this is the expectation, you don't meet it. I was told to meet it. This is the expectation. I, I was told again to, to meet it, and now I'm not playing. So do the math, right? Um, the video this morning backs that up. If you're the star of the video and it's not a great video, it's not personal, we're going to hold you accountable. This is the expectation. Let's move on. Start fresh, fresh tomorrow. That's kind of the pattern that they will see and how fast – each individual grasps it will be kind of on them and how well the week's message that will be on me and the staff and hopefully they get it quickly that this is an expectation and then you, you can't mistake that for for mistakes right like everyone makes mistakes and and so you're not going to get pinned to the bench every time you make a mistake it's what mistake are you making have we addressed how we want to play and let's you know try to do it that way for the good of the group There's Bruce Cassidy at the podium this morning. Wasn't sure whether there was one more question there or not. I looked at Ryan, and we both <laughs> went, "All right, let's uh, let let's go." And if uh, Bruce starts talking again, we'll we'll, we'll back out. Uh, Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace, we're at the Dollar Loan Center, looking forward to the home opener and the season opener for the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, the American Hockey League affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, a lot to unpack with Bruce after that media conference regarding the 2-0 start and mm -hmm. some things that he really liked, but you, you do fall into the path of there's not going to be any misunderstanding, Bruce Cassidy. No. You get one chance, and then it's probably going to impact your ice time, and we've, we've witnessed that in the first two games uh, of his tutelage. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at you know what the game last night, and you know you look at kind of Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel, Riley Smith, that was a line that throughout the, the preseason had the puck on their stick quite a bit. They were making the right reads, making the right plays. Last night, the first period, they just didn't have it. They, they just were not as, as in sync as you like them to be. So uh, you saw that in-game as a change in the second period, Phil Kessel for Jonathan Marcheseau. Uh, but I like the idea of Bruce Cassidy, what he said there. He, he goes away from something but then goes back to it. You got... That line, they, they got back together in the third period trying to let them work through some things. But the yep. fact of the matter is, this is a team that has high expectations on themselves. And with Bruce Cassidy, I, I think he's an exacting coach, and that's what this Golden Knights team does need. So it'll be interesting to see how certain players, individual players, respond to those messages. First two games, five goals scored. 
five different goal scorers. Yep. You have an incredible performance by the goaltender and his second career shutout. And you have two wins. We won't be able to really realistically evaluate this team until you get 15, 20 games in. Yeah. But they've probably outplayed the opposition more than two one-goal wins would uh, have you realize. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think they were clearly the better team in L.A. They were definitely the better team last night against Chicago. There were opportunities left on the table for the Golden Knights. Like, you know, Keegan Colasar wide open net in the first period. You had Chandler Stevenson who was able to beat Alex Daylock. Puck just trickles wide. So that game last four, night. Four two-on-ones in the second period. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the Golden Knights had plenty of chances, and you can chalk it up to execution. You can chalk it up to just not getting the bounces. Whatever the case may be, they weren't able to capitalize. And then obviously at the end of the game, you have two, three cracks at a wide open net, and you just don't don't get those plays to fall. But the Golden Knights, it's no harm, no foul in that they didn't lose the game. It didn't cost them points. But the expectation moving forward, because you have to win the games, because you can't leave points on the table, when you have those opportunities, you got to bury them. When you have those opportunities within a game, you have to find a way to bear down and get those goals when they matter because that might be the difference at the end of the year. I'll say this. They overcame one of the greatest ghost curses that exist in the National Hockey League. Okay. All right. When you miss an open chance at an empty net, yeah. it comes back to haunt you. Sure. It feels like it does a lot. It's like dropping a ball in foul territory and the guy hits a home run next. It, it seems to happen more often than, than it actually does. But then they missed a second one and then a shot was blocked. And then there was the mistake by the <laughs> officials <laughs> yeah. uh, where Seth Jones actually touched the puck uh, and it was called icing against the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Four chances with the dead empty, and they still managed to get by the, the curse, the kabuki, of, of being uh, able to defend that. So I, I, think, I take that as a, as a really good sign, even though it doesn't really mean anything statistically. I, I love that you can find the silver lining in something that actually has no bearing on anything at all. Were you not thinking it's, the same thing? They've missed uh, a couple of times. This is it, it, and it the, wasn't. And then the face-off is in there as all. Yeah, so it, to me, it wasn't so much the misses. Like, obviously, that factors in, but it was the, it was the missed icing. Like, that, that clearly, clearly was hit by a Chicago Blackhawk player. It should not have been icing. I thought if there was going to be a moment that came back to bite the Golden Knights, it would be that missed call more so than the missed nets but you can make the argument that you, you you don't miss the net you're not in that position doesn't make a difference i can see the linesman missing the seth jones play yeah because we looked at it five or six times on tv and there was one call one angle that really you could tell but the other ones it was it was kind of in the middle yeah uh, but not all four not all four people uh missing that uh on the ice and they 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 got through it and one nothing win for the vegas golden knights uh two one goal victories to start. Now they'll go on the road against Seattle and Calgary. Seattle tomorrow night, Calgary on Tuesday. The record for best start as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, was a 4-0 start, so they're, they're halfway there. Uh, we've got some other news. Yesterday was so jammed leading uh, through the gold carpet and into 
the home opener for the Vegas Golden Knights. We didn't get a lot of time. Uh, you and I were, were passing the baton back and yeah. forth. Uh, some things have happened in the last couple of days uh, around the National Hockey League. So we've got one-timers, news and notes around the NHL as we continue live from the Dollar Loan Center ahead of the Henderson Silver Knights season home opener. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. We are at center ice. Looking over the timekeeper's shoulder at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, the Silver Knights getting set to play their season and home opener of the American Hockey League season against the Tucson Roadrunners. They'll also play tomorrow afternoon. So what a great uh, 48 hours in the Las Vegas Valley for hockey with the Golden Knights last night uh, playing their home opener, the Silver Knights tonight, and then both teams in action tomorrow. The Golden Knights will be in Seattle uh, pre-game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at 6 o'clock. Uh, one-timers, I uh, want to tell you all about uh, the good and the bad news of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you like the good news first, or are you a bad news first and then get cheered up on the other side? Ryan. Oh, it's it's always bad news first. Always. All right. Yeah. Patrick Laine out three to four weeks yeah. with an upper body injury. If you saw the hit that he took in the season opener, uh, he was in a lot of pain. Tried to shake it off on the bench, but wasn't able to do that. Uh, the pure goal scorer uh, looks like a wrist to me if I was going to diagnose it from, from television and the way the hit took place. Uh, it's going to be three to four weeks. Here's why I think it's going to be three. Okay. Columbus is going to Finland to play in the Global Series. Okay. Patrick Laine is Finnish. Makes sense. There we go. I think he... he does everything he can to get back. Uh, just to be so disappointing <laughs> if he if he could play in those games. So uh, that's it. Might be the only chance he ever gets in the National Hockey League. The good news: Johnny Gaudreau has scored in his first home game as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets, starting off that seven-year contract. It's part of a four-two game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Four-two for the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Columbus Blue Jackets, but Johnny Goudreau has scored. So an, an iffy start on and off the ice as the Blue Jackets look for their first win in two starts and trailing the Blue Jackets, but at least Goudreau scored. Yeah, it's uh, not how you drew it up if you're a Blue Jackets fan or a member of that organization. You were looking for Johnny Goudreau to be feeding pucks to Patrick Line, one-timers, goals, fun, uh, but you know what? I, I think that you've given me some renewed optimism that Patrick Laine is going to be out just three weeks because that would be good for Columbus. It uh, certainly would be. Rick Bonus, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, not coaching tonight. Tested positive for COVID-19. So Scott Arneal is he's one of the new assistants in Winnipeg is running the bench tonight. Winnipeg leads the New York Rangers by a count of one to nothing. Uh, other news to tell you about Travis Sanheim, defenseman in the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Travis Sanheim has signed an eight-year extension worth $50 million. It's an AAV of 6.25. Sounds high on the surface. Salary cap is going up. I think this will, in the end, be in three years what a $4 million contract is today. 
That'll be the sort of the same salary cap. Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how I look at it, 6.25 uh, going forward, and it'll really equate to but what, what a $4 million player is now. Yeah, it's interesting because we're going to start seeing a, a shift upwards, obviously, in terms of salary cap numbers and what contracts used to be versus what they're going to be when the salary cap goes up. So we're going to have to kind of you know remember that as we are looking at eight-year contracts. Okay, the number right now might be a little bit daunting, but think about it in a couple of years thinking about it two three years from now if you're a, if your salary cap somewhere in the 92 to 94 million dollars six million dollar contracts not going to break you so it's obviously a player that the flyers have identified as being a part of not just the rebuild or however you want to view the flyers but someone that's going to be around for a long time for when this team is a contender again and that if you find those players you identify them you lock them up uh, Sanheim is a player that scored seven goals last year. When you see Travis Sanheim score a goal, you will say, is that his 20th? Hmm. Is that his 28th? Is that his 35th? He only scores beautiful goals. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable the talent that he has. And I always say, how does he not score more goals? Uh, Owen Tippett, Cam Atkinson, and Rasmus Ristolainen all out when the Flyers uh, will host the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow. So uh, it's, uh, again, one of those good, bad days uh, for an organization with uh, with the Sanheim extension and then a bunch of players being out. Uh, Nick Schmaltz will not play for the Coyotes against the Boston Bruins on Saturday. He sustained an upper body injury. Uh, Shane Gostabert uh, is, is lucky. He escaped Pittsburgh uh, last night. He went a little bit low on Evgeny Malkin, yeah. and uh, I didn't like the play. Yeah, I I mean, that game was a bit chippy. Sidney Crosby even kind of threw a slash right I love that. Listen, I do too. Protect I'm okay your with space. That. I'm okay with that. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, I, I, I don't like going low intentionally. Like, I'm with you, Darren. It, it's just it's, – it's unnecessary. It's not where you need to be, and um, – yeah, you're right. Lucky. Lucky he got out of there. But think about it from that perspective. Shane Gostasbear used to be a Philadelphia Flyer. I'm sure that that rivalry still runs deep for him as an individual player. Yeah, that uh, I, I, I just don't like it uh, when you go low against a superstar player like that. But Sidney Crosby giving a hack to the back of the legs <laughs> as the player skates skates away. Hey, giddy up. Fill your boots. Uh, the, the Rock... Dwayne Johnson, yeah, firing up the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at Scotiabank Arena. Let's go, Leafs! Uh, was the was the chant? Austin Matthews said he didn't even know he was going to be there. Rock's yeah. uh, promoting a new new movie, but having the Rock scream out uh, does that get you fired up? Do you like it, or is it kind of doesn't really make sense because he's not a true blue fan? Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, listen. It, I'm not. I've never gone to Toronto. Like I've never been at a, at a Leafs game. But I know well, you don't have a passport. You can't. You're I not know, allowed. I well, sure. But I know the chant is "Go Leafs, go." So like, if the Rock would have come out and chanted "Go Leafs, go," I think it would have fired me up. But when the Rock goes, "Let's go Leafs," it felt contrived, and it probably would have left me with a sour taste in my mouth. It's nothing like the Blue Man Group. <laughs> like having them come out and do your deal. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm As we saw last night during the second intermission. 
they, right. they so the the Lou men came on the set yeah. during Lawless and Order uh, with Gary Lawless and give all the credit to Gary for continuing to to, to fight through it. Yeah. But the, the Blue Men were awesome. Yeah. They were so cool. Like, Gary had every intention of continuing to, to just soldier through and, and do his job, and and you were just an agent of chaos. All you were doing was feeding, yep. feeding the fire, and um, it was a solid three and a half minutes of television, I'll tell you that. Best segment ever. I watched. Yeah. As I said on the air, nobody listened to us. They were paying attention to the people who didn't speak. Yep. And yet it was uh, television. Los Angeles Kings uh, announced updates to their hockey operations last night. This is odd timing, given that it's the start of the season. Yeah. Like, it's something that I, I normally would have expected in the summer. But uh, uh, my friend Nelson Emerson has been promoted to assistant general manager, while Glenn Murray, he of the famous slap shot back in the day, Boy, could he rip it. He's been uh, elevated to senior director of player personnel. So good on them uh, under Rob Blake, probably in response to the great step forward a year ago that they made. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an organization that I really do look at the Kings as being a team on the rise. And you know, I, a lot of the moves, a lot of the decision-making, I, I think has been really strong for the Los Angeles Kings. But now that they made the playoffs last year, the onus is on them to continue to build and get better and be there again this year. That's going to be the biggest test test for the LA Kings is now that the expectations are there for you, how do you respond to them? How do you feel if you're a National Hockey League player and you're hoping for a season in which you're going to be involved for the Art Ross Trophy, the scoring title, maybe in the conversation of the MVP, and Connor McDavid goes out and scores a hat trick on opening night like he did a couple of nights ago and a four-point night. It's almost like he's trying to remove all competition on, on the first night of this weekend or first weekend of the season. Well, here's what I told you. I think Connor McDavid is going to go absolutely bananas this year. And it's not just total points, because I think that's going to be ridiculous when all is said and done. I think Connor's going to try to score 60 this year. I really do. I I view this Just because Austin Matthews did? Just because Austin yeah. Matthews did. Because the only way Connor McDavid is going to win Hart trophies is if he takes the thing that the player that won the year before and goes out and does it better than that player. Because he's judged against himself and himself only. I think Connor McDavid scores 60 goals. He's running away unanimous Hart Trophy winner to this year. We've had... Uh, three nights of the National Hockey League season and Nathan McKinnon, David Pasternak, Mika Zibanejad, Connor McDavid, Miko Rantanen and Artemi Panarin all have at least four points. Nice. They, this isn't, with all due respect, to Craig Conroy one year who had uh, the lead in the National Hockey League points race after five days. Like These are all guys that can keep that going. I, and I hope they do. I, I mean, listen, I... I I love goal scoring. I love exciting hockey. I love the the way that this game leans offense right now. And you know what? For for the fans, it doesn't get any more any more interesting and, and any more exciting. You want to see Connor McDavid do Connor McDavid things. Nathan McKinnon be an absolute force. You want to see those players show up day in and day out. And they've started the year on time. That's what you want to see. Do you remember the report the other day where the player? retired and signed a ceremonial contract, like a one-day contract with the team Yep, to hang it up. Who was that? Andy Green. All right, Andy Green. And I pointed out that the contract doesn't really exist. Uh, it's just uh, purely 
for the cameras for Goodwill. Yes. For the news. Well, that was different. That was unique, and it kind of stretches the boundaries of actually retiring. But this one is ridiculous. Kevin Bieksa signed a ceremonial one-day contract with the Vancouver Canucks yesterday and retired with the team. Yep. He's, he's a broadcaster now. He's been a broadcaster for the last couple of years in Canada. This is capitalizing on that fame because Bieksa hasn't played since 2018. Yep. I think we all know. Yeah. They retired. I Listen, I stretch the boundaries any way you want to. The fact that we got a beautiful tweet from Roberto Luongo in, in response to this yeah. is all I care about. Roberto Luongo tweeting out, quote tweeting that, uh, that news. This is the second worst contract in franchise history. Yes. Phenomenal. So good. Making the point that his contract was the worst contract. 100%. That. Those are one-timers from the Dollar Loan Center ahead of the Henderson Silver Knights season and home opener against Tucson on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Ryan, do you want the honors? No, I refuse. All right. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So. So bad. (laughs) It's fantastic. So we didn't have a chance to talk about it yesterday. Obviously, so much going on. But the Buffalo Sabres, they they have the players who got to pick their individual goal song. And they released the list. And some some real bangers on here, like Victor Olofsson went with an ABBA song, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Alex Tuck, Party Up by DMX, right? They, that's a real crowd pleaser. But of all the songs that I went through and, and came across, and Jeff Skinner, to me, absolutely hit it out of the park with the 80s classic, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston absolutely nailed it i love it jeff skinner showing he has a sense of humor but also appreciates that very talented and amazing and late whitney houston with i want to dance with somebody it's chapman that's a party song right there christopher yes if you were going to pick a goal song (laughs) what would you pick I I have oftentimes changed it, but how about Rock the Casbah by The Clash? Or no, Rock, no, 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 no. I'm playing off what happened yeah, two weeks ago when you said ABBA, and then you couldn't I think couldn't of an think ABBA, of a, song. ABBA song. But I've and now you're trying to, to just skirt by that by I've taking something to, different. To, to think about it. Okay, I, so I, what would be your ABBA song now that you've had time to think? Waterloo. Waterloo would be my ABBA song. Why do you put a R in water? Water. Waterloo. 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 <laughs> Where Napoleon met his demise, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, you got that in common. Where the goalkeeper yeah. would meet his demise. His wow. Waterloo would I be I can't believe you, you totally changed from ABBA. It's <laughs> ridiculous. From, from two weeks ago. ABBA. Waterloo is an ABBA song. No, no. no. Oh, 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 yeah. We just, we would, oh, Chapman. <laughs> I can't even defend you. And Ryan does want to defend you every single day. I know, I know. He shows up for work, and he wants to defend you from my belligerence. Yes. Yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> and you continually make Ryan go, ah, it is what it is. Make it hard for me, buddy. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to end with this. I have to go listen to the One Republic song that Peyton Krebs picked because I Ain't Worried is the one that he picked. I like One Republic. I don't know if I know that song. I'll, I'll have to listen to it and see if it's a song that I know. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights launched their third season tonight. It's at the Dollar Loan Center, the first home opener at the Dollar Loan Center, and they will face the Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, the National Hockey League obviously has its television streaming. If you want to come here, uh, the Craigie Range Bar and Grill is uh, connected right to the rink. They have AHL TV both here and at Mackenzie River at City National. So if you want all the Henderson Silver Knights action, you can sit at the bar or the restaurant at Craggy Range or Mackenzie River and watch the Henderson Silver Knights. And they have the coolest bar at Craggy oh, yeah. Range where you put your, your pint of beer, your mm. glass of beer, yeah. on top of this ice uh, shelf, almost what it is, okay. and it keeps it cold. It is awesome. So you're staying here tonight. Get into Craigie Range for a snack, grab a beer, and it's amazing. All right. Uh, you yeah. sold me. I'm, uh, I'm sold. I'm trying to set you up as much as we can. Back-to-back -back, uh, home openers for Ryan Wallace and uh, the VGK Insider Show taking in this one as the Henderson Silver Knights with Manny Viveros and company uh, following up uh, last night's gold carpet at T-Mobile Arena. The Vegas Golden Knights back at it tomorrow. Six o'clock pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas taking on Seattle. It's all just routine now playing in Seattle. Yeah, routine playing in Seattle. And I think for the Golden Knights, it's going to be a, a nice test on the road before you get to Calgary. And that that's going to be the big one. You look, at, you look ahead to next week, the Golden Knights are going to have some tough tests. So... Good to, it's a good thing to start the season 2-0. Yeah, what are the next uh, three games? Oh, good. Oh, tickets against Winnipeg next Thursday to give away. 702-876-1340. Call now. Caller number 12. Call right now. And we'll send you to the game next Thursday against Winnipeg. Next three opponents, Seattle, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Up on the list. And if they win all three, it'll be the best start in VGK history. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the VGK against Seattle. Fox Sports, Las Vegas.